What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast on behalf of Baseline Times. We've got another exciting episode today for you here, featuring a very special guest. And the NBA is targeting a return of December 22nd for the 2020-21 season. And I'm all excited. Basketball ending and starting in the same year. This is amazing. Uh, First and foremost, let me go ahead and introduce the usual, Robbie Gabe. What's up? How are you guys doing? NBA is back. Yes, sir. Almost. We're almost there. We're almost back. Almost. I mean, it seems like it just ended a few weeks ago, but hey, it's yeah. coming back soon. We're ready, guys. Well, I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be our first holiday season together, and we're going to enjoy it with some NBA basketball. So this is great. This is great. How, how's your lives? Robbie, are you holding up okay over there in the West Coast? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm sitting in a half-empty apartment with boxes everywhere recording this podcast and i'm just happy to be in tucson i can't complain tucson is amazing although it's a little cold like i wasn't prepared for that like tucson you're supposed to be hot year-round i don't understand <laughs> that's what's up I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it though i'm glad you're enjoying that uh west coast shift there so good to hear how about you gabe you have obviously you haven't drowned or been blown away by this <laughs> supposed tropical storm right so you all is well on your end yeah, we're good. It's finally, it's been dry for the majority of the day. We had a lot of rain overnight, just consistently going down. Uh, some flooding this morning, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty dry now. I know the rest of the week we might get some more due to the eyewall passing over and coming back towards us. But uh, yeah, the nap has been pretty good. Yo, Robbie, this guy's been watching a lot of news. You can tell it's like Weatherman Gabe. He already knows, like, the eyewall. The eyewall, yeah. Like, what the hell? Whatever. Actually, my wife watches it, and she just annoys me with the updates. So I kind of just memorize what she said. But, That's yeah. a good wife. Oh, my That's God, you wife. listen. You are yeah. a man that listens. Well, of course, the wife you. is always right. I mean, come on. That's right. Mm-hmm. You need Coming to tell audio man that. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get into this episode here and introduce our special guest today. He is a host of the Great Dane Nation podcast on Vegas Insider and on-air contributor for DraftKings, Tommy Freeze Popped. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to talk some hoops. Uh, you know, I've been talking a lot of football over the last few months, trying to distract myself from how the Celtics season ended. So, uh, you know, I, this is more of like a therapy session for me as I'm starting to get over the Eastern Conference Finals. I know I'm with at least one Heat fan here in Robbie. We worked together at ESPN back in the day. Uh, So I know that she's going to probably give me some shit here. But hey, you know, it is what it is. That's a part of the healing process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome, man. Um, Thanks for joining us here. Robbie, can you explain this whole Tommy Freespop name for me, please? Well, I I think Tommy is the most qualified person to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Robbie may have received the email uh, at some (laughs) point, which is unfortunate. Uh, Well, maybe it's not unfortunate. I guess I could have a worse nickname. But basically (laughs) what happened was I had just started at ESPN in the spring of 2015 or so. And yeah, it was 2015. And I was a few weeks into the job and I was trying to be like the cool new guy that brings in food for everyone. And it was the summer. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put some freeze pops in the freezer for my department. And (laughs) I sent out an email to what I thought was to just my department, which Robbie knows is is like all contained in like one building in Bristol. There's 
you know, I don't know, maybe a hundred people or so. And we're all just like in that one building. So I thought those are the people that were going to get that email. Unfortunately, the distribution list ESPN all is not just building two in Bristol. It's everyone (laughs) in the world. So 9,000 people received this email saying, hey, guys, this is Tommy, the new guy. I threw some freeze pops in the freezer. Uh, Everyone go help yourself. So I'm getting emails from all over the country, all over the world. I got someone from Brazil (laughs) that emailed me. I got Honolulu, Chicago, L.A., New York. And I just didn't even know what to say. I didn't respond to, like, most of them (laughs) because what am I going to say? And then the people in Bristol – were pissed at me because I sent the email out before the freeze pops were frozen. So everyone ran to the freezer and they just had these tubes of liquid and they were like, what are we supposed to do with these? So it was an epic failure on my part, but it gave me this nickname that has stuck with me through multiple jobs. I don't think I'm shaking this thing, so I sort of just embrace it. Uh, So Tommy Freeze Pops it is. That's awesome. That's a great story, (laughs) man. You imagine it's a hot summer day in Bristol and you're thinking, yo, there are freeze pops in the freezer for me. You walk over there. That shit is not even cold. I would And I got so much shit for that, man. You don't even know. Like, not to shout out names of people that like listeners might not know, but like the update anchor for ESPN radio, Kevin Winter, who like he hosts the NBA finals and stuff like he was him and I were pretty close in Bristol. Like, to this day, I don't think he has forgiven me for telling him to go to the freezer. And he went there and it was just liquid sitting in a freezer that was not frozen, unable to be eaten. I guess you could drink freeze pop liquid before it's frozen, but that's kind of gross. That's definitely how you get diabetes. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, I, I survived. And a few weeks later i think it was maybe a few months later i did it again i put more freeze pops in the freezer because we ran out and i sent it to the proper amount of people that time and people were very happy for me that's good you redeemed yourself yep. oh thank you <laughs> Well, Mr. Freeze Pops, welcome to the show here. Uh, just to introduce a little bit about yourself, tell us about what you do with the Great Dane Nation pod. Where can we find you guys at as well and listen to that pod? Yeah, so Great Dane Nation is a new podcast. Uh, we are on episode 10 this week. It's co-hosted with myself and Morton Anderson, uh, who's in the Hall of Fame. He spent 25 years in the NFL He's a kicker. He's one of only two kickers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's a really cool distinction, and he's had an incredible career. So he's got this crazy Rolodex of dudes that he just hits up to come on our podcast, and we've had crazy good guests. We had Joe Namath on last week. We've had Franco Harris, Ronnie Lott, Archie Manning, Chris Carter. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's it's been really, really good off the bat here uh he's so fun to talk with and we just talk a lot of football man it's nothing crazy you know we we don't we don't weave out of our lane too much we we know we know what we know is a good way to put it um him and i kind of riff off the top about the week that was in the NFL. We sort of relate it back to stuff in his career. Then we get into the interview where Morton talks with one of his Hall of Fame buddies. And then after that interview, I interview a 
expert from VegasInsider.com about the lines for the NFL weekend. So you can make a little cash if you listen to the advice that's given on those interviews every week. And then we close things out with Morton doing a, a weekly monologue that he calls his game winner, where he talks about the guest and lessons he's learned and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. It's, it's unique. It's different than a lot of stuff that's out there because there's so many different things you're getting in the hour episode and we're having a lot of fun and the response has been great so far. So you got to check us out on Apple and Spotify and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, we're there. So check us out. Yeah, great day nation. I mean, I'm looking at the episode one here. I see Archie Manning and then interestingly, Terrell Davis. Um, Terrell Davis, Davis, yep. Yeah, man, that's a really, that's a cool, yeah. Terrell Davis went to the Hall of Fame the same year as Morton. So they're actually really close. That's a fun interview. Yep, they talk about Terrell Davis's Hall of Fame speech, how he hated it. He's, and he, you know, Morton, when he did his Hall of Fame speech, he got like, kind of buzzed with his buddies beforehand at a bar and he just had a ton of fun and Terrell's like oh man like I wish I had done my speech the way you did you were so loose <laughs> it, it, that was a really fun interview yeah Terrell's, absolutely he's awesome and, and in this description <laughs> on the Apple podcast your name is listed as Tommy Freeze Pop that's how real this name is that's oh, yeah. amazing man you, <laughs> listen that's when, hilarious when Vegas Insider hired me they didn't hire Tom Carroll they hired Tommy <laughs> Freeze Pops so they're getting all of it. So we got the, we got the real deal here. Well, welcome aboard, sir. And uh, where can we find you on social media as well? If we want to reach out to Mr. Freeze Pops, you can find me on Twitter at ya boy TC Fresh. That's Y A B O I T C Fresh. Same name on Instagram. And uh, if you search me on Facebook, I'm uh, at Tommy Freeze Pops. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show here. And as always, guys, you can find us at www.baselinetimes.com on Instagram and Twitter at Baseline Times. You can find me at Baseline Chevy. Robbie, Gabe, where can the people talk shit to you guys at? <laughs> at Robin Hood with an H and a Y on Twitter and the gram. Gabe XL, both platforms. All right. And we're going to take Mr. Freeze Pops for a spin here with the NEMA segment, which he will be attempting to fix up the Boston Celtics. We will bring back the All-NBA team segment this week. The category is the All-NBA underrated team. I'm excited for that one. And then we'll top off the show at the end there where we'll have our starting five and the category will be movies. So stick around there for that one. This is an important message from the NBA Emergency Management Assistance. All right, we have the NBA Emergency Management Assistance Program here today with Mr. Tommy Freeze Pops, and he is going to act as a first responder for the Boston Celtics. As mentioned, you heard at the top of the show here, he's a little heartbroken from the loss in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat, and he trades free agency acquisitions, firings, hirings, draft picks, etc. Tommy What can we do to get the Boston Celtics to the next level and lift that Larry O'Brien trophy? The floor is yours, sir. What's step one? Oh, my God. Where do we start? Uh, These guys need a big man. Uh, I love Daniel Tice. Like, he's awesome. I love having a big German dude on the team. He's got some good feet. He moves fast. But you're not going to win a title when he's your starting five. You know, he's not going to work 
as a championship level center, just from my view. And I know that the league is trending small and the Celtics have a very versatile lineup, right? They have a lot of guys that can switch on everybody. They're long. They shoot the three well, but man, Bam Adebayo ate the Celtics lunch. Jimmy Butler did what he wanted in the post. Um, the, the heat imposed their will on the Celtics and we didn't have the size necessary to do what we needed to do to win that series. And th- there's a lot of other factors that go into why we lost that series. I mean, the heat were incredible. They were on fire, no pun intended, but it was just ugly in the post. And, you know, I don't know if it's someone that we go at in free agency that's going to fix this. I don't know if it's someone in the draft that's going to be able to fix this, but it needs to be fixed. It needs to be addressed. And, you know, Danny Ainge has been fantastic at his role for the Celtics since he took over. I know that he has some haters out there, but you look at the body of the work, it's it's incredible. And I trust him to have a game plan here. It always seems like he has a plan. So go do your thing, Danny. Make it work because it was kind of ugly there at the end. They, the Celtics just looked like they ran out of gas and they were getting beaten to death by a bunch of bulldogs from Miami. Well, and Danny Ainge has amassed a bunch of draft picks. He's got yes. the 14th pick, the 26th pick, the 30th pick, and the 47th pick. Do you bundle those up and try and trade up for a big? Although, you know, this this draft class is kind of weak. Do you think that's something that he should consider or, or use those picks to get a free agent? Yeah, so it's tough because you look at what the Celtics have in the way of assets, like draft picks, right? You, but you mentioned it. You get the 14th, the 26th, the 30th. You got that second round pick that meh, second round picks suck usually. Right. But they have these four picks to try and move up and make a run at James Weissman, who I've only seen the guy play three times, but I'm in love. I want the guy. <laughs> I, I want him bad. I've watched his high school mixtape enough where I'm all in on Weissman. And the worst part about it is the thing I just said. He, I've only watched him play three times. And that's the problem with this draft is there's a lot of unknown here. And it's not the strongest draft off the top. So, you know, you can trade up and get whoever you think is going to help you out, right? But... It's not like you have a Ben Simmons sitting at the top of the draft here. It's not like you have an Embiid who, if he wasn't hurt, would have been the number one pick that year. You don't have a Carl Anthony Towns or an Anthony Davis. Like, that talent isn't there this year. So, it sucks that Ainge sort of stacked his assets in a year where we didn't get the NCAA tournament. Uh, Scouting has been weird because of the COVID pandemic. So there's a lot of unknown here, but at the same time, like you got to make a move, right? You're not going to just pick at 14, 26 and 30 and hope that you strike gold. Um, I mean, another guy I really like is Obi Toppin from Dayton, but I just don't know if he's big enough to solve the problem. I know he's athletic enough and he has good size. And I actually think he's going to be a lot better in the NBA than people think. 
you know, guys coming out of Dayton typically aren't superstars, but I thought he was just fantastic in college. I loved watching him play. I fall in love with these guys in college and like Jared Selinger, when the Celtics got Jared Selinger, I was so excited because he was such a beast at Ohio State. I was like, yeah, let's go. We got Sully. We stole him. We got him late. You guys don't even know. And of course, he ended up like eating his way out of the league. But um, yeah, it's just it's a tough situation. I I do think that if, if I'm given the choice, I would rather bundle these picks and a tradable contract to bring in proven talent. But I don't know that the type of guy that we need would be available. So, like, I'm not willing to give up Marcus Smart with these picks to bring in someone who's already in the league because I, I think that if I'm weighing who we could get from that bundle versus if we keep Marcus, I think Marcus has more value because Marcus, and this is such a cliche thing to say, he brings you value that you don't see on the, the, the score sheet, right? I mean, what, what, yeah, right. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, (laughs) No, but like in the locker room and at practice and hustle and grit and being a badass and just like not backing down and having irrational confidence, which you need. And look, he had some big games in the bubble. Like let make no mistake about it. The block against the Raptors was one of the best defensive plays I've seen until Bam Adebayo did what he did against the Celtics. I, that that block still gives me nightmares. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a really, really weird situation because the Celtics are talented and they have what it takes to win the East. I, I don't think there's any question about it. As long as the Bucks are going to continue to lose in the playoffs, the East is wide open. So until Giannis takes that next step, the Celtics could steal a finals berth here. And I just don't know the right way to do it. I mean, I'm looking at the free agent pool for centers here. Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, no thanks. Marcus All, old. Bismack Biombo, <laughs> return of the Mac. Tristan Hoffman, uh, no. So Mason Plumley, no. I'd take Kelly Olynyk back, but he's clearly not the answer. Uh, so there's just a lot of guys here. Enos Cantor, he can go. Um, JaVale <laughs> McGee, he's the champion. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's a weird spot the Celtics are in. It's totally weird because you never want to be that team that's in the middle, right? You either want right. to be tanking towards these top spots or winning titles. And it feels like the Celtics should be in that winning titles spot but at the same time if you have a rational brain you look at where the lakers are talent wise you look at where the bucks are talent wise and know that like eventually they're gonna break through here um you know uh, there's so many other teams even the heat i mean they're, they're going to be better next year that team has great depth uh i think the warriors are gonna be a lot better when everyone's healthy and they have this high draft pick that, you know, they might use here. So I'm blanking here on a few of the other teams, but this is not a situation where the Celtics can win a championship with this current roster as presently constructed, in my opinion, which sucks. Yeah. I I mean, and I would agree because I think, like you said, the the East is wide open. (laughs) Just to tease this a little really quick, Tommy, um, 
let's just say let's assume anthony davis was okay to come to boston i mean in retrospect <laughs> doesn't it kind of suck that you guys were in the rumors to get anthony yeah davis it sucks point? a lot it sucks and, so much and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and danny Ainge wasn't like if you look at it now in retrospect it's like wow it's a huge gap he would have filled for this boston team next to jason mm-hmm. tatum a jalen brown uh and then i mean if you if you acquire kimball walker too right i mean it it, it obviously does yeah um, what one of the guys I want to talk about is a Miles Turner, though. Um, if you could pull a trade off for him, if Danny Ainge gives up a pick or two. That's a guy that I think could fill the void, but he's also a guy that I haven't seen it like consistently enough, you know? Like right. he flashes and you're like, oh my God, this guy's like one of the 15 best players in the league. And then you watch a Pacers game and you forget he's on the floor. And mm-hmm. This is a problem that Tatum has all the time. You know, I I think Jason Tatum has the ceiling to be a legitimate top five player in the NBA. We've all seen it. But then you go through these stretches where he's cold as hell or he just shoots a pull-up three when he should take it to the hole. And it's it's so maddening. Or he'll pass up shots that he should take or he hesitates. Um, I think he's a great defensive player. I think he's underrated on the defensive side of the ball, but he disappears at times for me on offense. And I know he's so freaking young. It's a joke in Boston that anytime Jason Tatum doesn't have a good game, people say to each other, well, he is only 19. Well, guess what? He's not 19 anymore. Like it's, it's almost <laughs> not a funny joke anymore to say that he's 19 because he's not 19. Like I want him to start being the guy he can be. Um, and, and I know the NBA has this huge lineage of guys that don't win championships when they're young. And you know, right, we right. can list it all out. Michael Jordan didn't win his first title until, what, 1990, I believe. LeBron didn't win his first title until was it 2012. So, you know, the list goes on and on. Kobe only won those titles when he was young because he had Shaquille O'Neal, who, you know, it took him seven, eight years to get his first title. Um, it's very rare that these young guys win titles as the best player on the team. Like when, when Kawhi got his title young, he won t- finals MVP and there's no question he deserved it. But at the same time, he doesn't lead that team by himself to a championship. He needed Duncan, Parker, and Manu, and Fat Boris Diaw, who I love, to <laughs> win that title and win that finals MVP. Um it's just, again, the Celtics are in this weird spot. They need Tatum to take a leap. They really do. And I love him. I love him. He's my favorite player on the Celtics. He's a great guy. Uh, I live in St. Louis now, and he's from here. So it was nice at my previous job. I worked at 101 ESPN St. Louis. We got to like talk some Celtics sometimes because this community loves him. He does a ton for St. Louis. So he's just a really, really good dude that I'm rooting for, but I'm just like, come on, you're so close. Just like, you got to open up that asshole, you know? And I don't, you know, I, 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 wait a second, wait a second. I didn't mean it like that. He's got to activate the asshole. I don't know. He's got to, he's got to just open. All right. I'm going to stop here. Activate what? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk about other guys that need to take a leap here. So does Kemba Walker get a pass this season? So Kemba for me is such a mixed bag because he just looked dead at the end of that series. 
uh, it was like he wasn't even on the court. And I know he's had the knee problems. Um, so it's one of those things where I almost am like, should we try and move Kemba? Because maybe we got the last of great Kemba. You know, like it's sort of like the Bill Belichick thing where you move on too soon before it's too late type of thing. And we saw him do it with Vince Wilfork and Richard Seymour and oh, yeah. Lawyer Malloy and Willie McGinnis yeah. and, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. Tom Brady. No, yeah, just kidding. He's still say. really good. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things where, um, again, and maybe I'm just speaking out of turn here. Maybe he was just gassed because the bubble was a lot for people. Um, maybe he really just needs to rest. But this, you know, hyphenated offseason we're getting here is not going to help Kemba Walker by any means and it almost makes you feel like the Celtics need some more help at the point guard spot because you need to be able to manage Kemba's minutes here because he just didn't look like the same player he didn't have the same zip he didn't have the same pop that he normally has and look his jumper is still incredibly wet but it it's one of those things where he needs to create his jumper a lot of times like that you know how he does that step back move when mm-hmm. he can't do that effectively he's not really that effective of a player and you saw it at the end of the heat series i mean they just beat the crap out sure let me ask and- about uh gordon hayward is there any potential like um i guess um special treatment issues with him dating back to his days at butler when he spent his time there with the coach or is that just all talk like how was he in the locker room gordon hayward if you if you don't mind asking that answering that question so all I've heard are great things about Gordon. I mean, I so I used to produce the Celtics. I produced them, uh, their radio broadcast with Grandy and Max for a season. Um, and that was Gordon's first year with the organization. Obviously, he had that horrific injury opening night. Uh, but from all I've heard from the team when I was close with the team and now just remaining in touch with Boston media guys and being a fan by all accounts, he's a great guy and his teammates love him and he works hard. He's just a little bit of a weirdo, you know, like he's the guy that would rather stay home and Twitch stream his, you know, Fortnite game, than go out to the club and, you know, do his thing with the rest of the team, you know, like he's just, right. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So he is just, one of those guys that's a little different, but at the same time, when he's healthy, he balls. And uh, you saw it in the playoffs when you can get production out of Gordon Hayward, it changed the game for the Celtics. It totally changed the game. Oh, yeah. Now, with that said, I think he's probably the most attractive trade piece. Um, I know that he's set to make a lot of money, but at the same time, you know, he's got what a year or so left on his contract year and a half i believe well i guess let me see here i'm gonna pull up uh gordon hayward's contract on sports track which i love for contract stuff yeah hands down (laughs) the best so yeah so he's under contract for this season and then he's an unrestricted free agent so you know you can be a team that's in contention to win the title this season and you have a chance to add Gordon Hayward at the deadline to be your sixth man to be that firepower off the bench to go out and try and 
take the title away from LeBron. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of people calling Danny Ainge and he's not afraid to trade anybody. We know that for a fact. He's not afraid to say, all right, he's not afraid to say, see you later. Um, I mean, within the first year or two, he got the job in Boston. He traded away Antoine Walker, who was one of the most beloved Celtics of all time. Uh, he doesn't care. And that that's such a dumb example to use for Danny H not giving a <laughs> fuck. But just as a kid, I was like obsessed with Antoine Walker. Um, so, yeah, I think Gordon is a very valuable piece both to the Celtics if he remains in uniform for them and to other teams that are looking to make that upgrade as they make a push for the playoffs. Um, I personally would love for them to make it work with him for this one last season here Um, because like I said with Kemba I don't really see a long future with him as an an effective point guard for the Celtics I really don't so if this is going to be the last season where you can get a lot of really good out of Kemba and you can make a push here while the East is wide open, while the Bucks still try and figure their shit out. And the Sixers, who I haven't even mentioned yet, are just a fucking tire fire. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're bringing in Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. Good luck with that. I have no idea how those guys are going to coexist. I just, I have no, no idea. It's just weird. And Embiid just loves drinking Shirley Temples. And Ben Simmons can't shoot. I mean, the, the Sixers are just an absolute disaster. And I love every single minute of it. Oh, we um, know. We know. I love it. So it's one of those things where the East is wide open. You, you got maybe a year or two left of good Kemba. So, like, let's go try and get an Eastern Conference title and have a chance to play for title number 18 here while you still have Gordon under contract. I just hope that Gordon stays healthy. You know, he's had a ton of injury problems since he got to Boston. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this is sort of a roundabout way of talking about Gordon Hayward. I know there's a lot there, but it's it, the Celtics are one of the more interesting teams in the NBA for that reason, right? There's just, there's so many ways you can see this thing going. Oh, yeah, and they're contenders. On paper, they're contenders, so... They're gonna oh, be totally. success- they're gonna have some degree of success next season, no matter what. It's just 100%. figuring out how to get over the hump. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And honestly, that series against Toronto was taxing. And I think the Celtics were a better team than Toronto, but when they lost Game Two, or was it Game Three? I'm blanking. But the early series, early mm-hmm. game in the series. When they hit that last second shot in the corner, that deflated that Celtics team. Like, imagine if they had gone up 3-1 on the Raptors there. Right. The series, it would have changed the entire outlook of the Eastern Conference Finals, really, right? Because then you get a better rested Celtics team going up against these dogs from Miami who are just going to beat you into submission. So, it's... uh, it's it definitely uh, there's so many moments of that postseason that haunt me to this day. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, you all, yeah, you were almost about to call OG Anunobi your daddy too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OG Anunobi, he you know he's an underrated player. I, he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Oh yeah. I think OG's. I, I'd take OG on the Celtics, hundred percent. He's become a better yeah. scorer as of late. So 
I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would, hands down. Yeah, I, and I'm looking forward really to seeing Jason Tatum take that growth, like you mentioned, uh, Tommy. That I, I think undisputedly he can be top five at some point in this in this league, and he's headed that direction. I mean, you know, for what was it, 28 points in the second half of one of the games there. Uh, that he scored, you know, I think, uh, was it game three, I believe it was, a game three? Uh, I'm drawing a blank as well. But, I mean, just just the, the way that he's able to kind of just learn the game, I think he's got to be consistent with it it's not, and not have those slow starts. I think that's his biggest thing that there was always a concern. Because imagine, you know, he's on the attack from from the tip. Uh, you know, teams have to adjust to that and make game, you know, plan for that different game plan. So not try to get locked up in the first half. But beyond that, I'm, I like the Celtics because I, I want to see Tatum strive. Uh, I like Jalen Brown, too. I mean, we haven't talked Love about Love Jalen Brown. I mean, there's so much to talk about. We can sit here for hours and talk about it. But that, they, they have a great team. They, it, to me, this is a Boston Celtics team that everybody can kind of sit back and appreciate, except if you're a Laker fan, of course. <laughs> but I feel like if you're just a general NBA fan, I mean, these are guys they drafted. They're young guys. It's, it's a ball club that you have Brad Stevens at the helm. You know, he preaches the right type of basketball, I guess you could say. Uh, him and Spolster just watching those two guys. I love the reactions from both of them when, when that series was going on. It, it was it was Nick Nurse. You got Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens. <laughs> and then you got Eric Spolstra and then Brad Stevens and their reactions. Yeah. I mean, um, I just think Brad Brad's going to get the team there. I think he's just got to get the talent and a lot of what we just talked about here so far. Yeah, look, I mean, Brad Stevens has been incredible for the Celtics. Like, I, I, you're never going to hear me totally dog Brad because – what he's done with this roster, especially early in his tenure to get those Celtics to a few Eastern Conference finals that they had no business being in, just absolutely no business, um, was really, really impressive. And the team's gotten better every year, except the team in 2019 slash 2020, uh, I guess 2018 slash 2019 see the pandemic bubble thing screws me up on my years. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, that the last year of Kyrie was a disaster, but he, you know, yeah. Kyrie made it a disaster. Um, like I love Brad. I think he's great, but he had some weird lineups at the end there. And I don't know, like he's been getting some heat from Boston sports radio and sports radio callers because they're like, why isn't he, why hasn't he delivered us a title yet? Basically like, Boston is very impatient, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So people are getting impatient and it's like, okay, Brad Stevens is not the problem here. Uh, the problem is the Celtics don't have one of the top five or top eight, whatever you want to call it, best players in the league. And you need to have one of those guys to win a title. It's just a fact. Like we could list out every single champion over the past 30 years they had a guy that was at least considered a top 10 player in the league. It's, it is a fact. Mm -hmm. You need to have at least one of those guys needs to happen, yep, yep. especially when the league today, most of the teams that are going to win have two of those guys. Yep. So you're not going to win a title when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are your best players. And they're not there yet. Tatum is 22 years old. I know we make the 19-year-old joke, right? He's 22. He turns 23 in March. Jalen Brown, just about as young as Jason Tatum. 24, Marcus yep. Smart ain't old. Like, this is a young-ass team. And they don't have the guys internally yet that can be considered in that upper echelon, you know, all-NBA status 
every year type of guy. And I, I think Tatum is ready to be in that conversation. He's just he's just one notch below what he needs to be. Like he's never going to be Russell Westbrook, right? Where he's going a million miles per hour every second of the game, and that's probably a good thing, right? Because Westbrook is out of control. But I want some more of that, right? I, and I know he loves to say that Kobe is his favorite player ever. I want to see more Kobe. When I when I was talking I about opening up his asshole earlier, I'm talking about that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I I think so. I, I I don't think that's his personality. But I mean, even on the flip side, though, and like you mentioned, it's such a young team. And the thing about Kemba Walker, yeah, he's the veteran, quote unquote, veteran of the team. But I mean, even Kemba is to me, Kemba is more of a complimentary player versus being that. Hey, we're gonna trade or sign Kemba this offseason, and we're gonna go to the NBA Finals with him. No, I I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. I think that. If Kemba is your third best player, you're one of the best teams in the NBA, right? Yeah. But if he's your best player, you're the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> you know, and that's what happened for a, the first decade of his career. So, um, and great, he was fantastic in Charlotte, but look, they made the playoffs once, right? Um, so if, if they can get Tatum and Brown to the level they need them to be at, and have Kemba give you one or two more years where he can be the player that he used to be in some capacity, then the Celtics are going to be really good. But uh, they need to take that step. They really have to. I love Jalen Brown, though. Like, I, I can't say that enough. Um, incredible Thanks. dude. Incredible person. Great on both ends. Plays hard. Not afraid of the moment. Uh, totally, totally all in on Jalen. I love both these guys. Dynamite picks by Danny Ainge. And Jalen's a guy, I'll fully admit, when they drafted him, I didn't understand the pick. I wanted Dragon Bender, I'll say it. I wanted Dragon Bender. I'll fully admit that. Yeah, and I, I've wow. eaten my words on that. Uh, I still have some Dragon Bender stock left in case he ends up being good one day. But yeah, Danny Ainge got it right. There's a reason why he's the GM of the Celtics and I'm not. Shoot or pass all NBA teams. All right, as this week, as promised here, we have another version of the all NBA teams. And this week, we'll talk about the all NBA underrated team, positionless, by the way, for the most part here. And Tommy, we'll let you go first here. Who is on your list? So I'm going to be honest, like, I went with a lot of Celtics. <laughs> well, I got one, so that's fair. Okay. I had Celtic, but I took them off because I'm a Heat guy. So. Okay, fair. Oh, well done, Gabriel. I, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you my all NBA underrated team, and you're going to hear a few Celtics names. Uh, going Marcus Smart number one. All of the reasons I said earlier about the guy apply here. What he does for your basketball team, you can't measure in any way. Uh, he's truly the best. I love the guy. I, I just love Marcus Smart. I would take a bullet for Marcus Smart. That guy is awesome. Um, there, there's nothing else you can say about it. I know people love to talk about the flopping and blah, blah, blah. But like the fact that he's willing to throw his body on the floor as much as he does is unlike anyone else in the NBA today. It, uh, maybe other than Kyle Lowry. 
uh, who will not be on my underrated team. I hate Kyle Lowry. Uh, so we're what a way to part. spin that. Yeah, wow. I, hate, I hate Kyle Lowry. All right, number two for me. Uh, this is going to seem a little weird to say, but maybe he falls more under the underappreciated category, but fuck it, we're going to do this. I'm putting Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is still incredibly good at basketball and we saw what he did with this thunder team that should not have been as successful as it was in the bubble let's just face it that roster is not the roster that should have won all of those games but chris paul willed that team to victory man and he does it year after year and i know people love to bring up the conference final thing and the finals thing and blah 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 oh he's never won the big one blah 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 he was on some atrociously bad new orleans Hornets teams atrociously bad and when he went to the clippers of course some of those teams that he was playing on early were great uh they blew that series against the rockets there's no question about it but towards the end of his time with the clippers those teams were on those teams were overrated. There's no question. They had a lot of older guys that, you know, you notice the name and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good. But from a talent standpoint, they just weren't there. Um, so I don't really fault him as much as other people do for the lack of playoff success. And I'm just looking at the body of work here. He's, what, in his 15th, 16th season in the league? for a guy that size to be as successful as he has been just truly special so those those are two do you do you guys want me to just continue and give you my, my whole yeah. team here or yeah, your whole team. okay okay sure so uh i'm gonna go jalen brown next uh what he does on the defensive side of the ball is unreal and he has continued to get better and better and better at the on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm talking like a football coach here, the offensive side of the ball. But <laughs> I, I love the guy. I think his motor is great. And when people were talking about who should be the all-star from the Celtics this year when it was between Brown and Tatum, and Tatum got the nod, a lot of Celtics fans thought that Jalen Brown should have been the guy. And... At that point, I think I agreed with them. Tatum sort of took off after the All-Star break, if you remember. He had, like, a bunch of 30-point games in a row. but And he may have had a few before the All-Star game. But really, when Brown and Tatum were up for it, most Boston fans thought Brown was going to get it. So uh, I think from that standpoint, that makes him a little underrated. Um, so, yes, there you go. Another Celtic for you. Um, let's go with my man, and you're going to be happy with this selection, guys. And I know he struggled shooting towards the end of the year, but I love me some Jay Crowder. Give me, give me Bay Crowder all day. <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> for every, for everything that I said about Marcus Smart, just like apply <laughs> that to Jay Crowder. The guy does not nope. care what the name on your jersey says, what team you play for. He's going to do his thing. He's going to talk his shit and he's going to shoot whatever the fuck he wants to shoot. He's going to play great defense. 
Uh, I, I love the guy. I totally love the guy. There's a reason why he keeps bouncing between team to team. It's not because he's an asshole. It's because he's such a valuable asset, right? Like teams want him to try and make that leap. So, you know, a former Celtic here. I fell in love with him when he was in green. I still have a Jay Crowder uh, jersey that I rock, number 99. <laughs> uh, I totally love Jay Crowder. I've been using the word love a lot. But, yeah, there's a lot of love going around here. And then my last spot here, and, you know, I might get some shit for this, but here we go. Rudy Gobert. I think I think that the COVID stuff has made him underappreciated. Look, he was dumb. He licked everyone's face and coughed into everyone's mic, right? And gave everyone COVID and shut down the world. That was going to happen anyways, guys. Like, it, it just so happened to be Rudy Gobert that yeah. sped up the process. It's almost like we should thank Rudy Gobert for doing what he did. So we all went in our houses and stopped doing stuff sooner. Because defense so good happen, he shut the league down. It, exactly. Yep. Such a good defensive player that the world completely shut down because of him. Uh, and he's great. Look, if the Celtics were able to land Gobert, all of our problems are gone, right? That's not going to happen. But uh, I, I truly believe that people sort of just dismiss the guy now because he's this, I don't know, villain because he was a weirdo with Donovan Mitchell. Like, remember that all the whole weird yep. story that happened with him? I, I don't know. He's clearly a weird eccentric guy, but he is a hell of a defensive basketball player. Uh, so I kind of went positionless, but at the same time, I tried to make it so it could be a realistic starting five. So you could conceivably have a backcourt with Smart and Chris Paul, and then your frontcourt be Crowder, Brown, and go bear right like you could win a bunch of basketball games with that as your starting five yeah hands down that's a, that's a solid five there rob you want to take it away with your all nba underrated team yeah sure yeah I, I gotta start with the man who everybody you know agrees that he's a good player but they like to pump the brakes on naming him a superstar I think this needs to change after his performance in the finals. The proof is in the pudding, and I'm going to say this loud and clear for the people in the back. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a superstar. Jim, and I'm doing the Trump finger thing. Jimmy <laughs> Butler is a superstar. Get it? Got it? Good. Next. And I'm, I'm, I'm naming this player... Not, not the only, let me start that again. I promise you, I'm not just picking him because of the and one he hit in the series versus the Clippers where he called Paul George a bitch ass right after. But <laughs> Seth Curry's play in that series really cemented this pick for me. We all know he's a bit undersized, but he's an incredible shooter and gives a lot of effort on defense. And he played really well in the bubble. I think it's time to give this Curry brother some shine. Up uh, next. Troy Brown Jr. And and while he needs to become more consistent, he's a pretty good shooter, pretty good rebounder, and he's not a liability on defense, which is saying a lot nowadays. Um, he was averaging about 14 and a half points per game and 7.7 rebounds per game in 36 minutes. And he was doing this without John Wall on the court. So I'm very intrigued to see what that's going to look like next year when John Wall comes back 
um, who, you know, when healthy, is the guy who makes the teammates around him better. Uh, up next, I got El Gallo, Danilo Gallinari, a big sharpshooter who can also play effectively as a small ball five. He probably should have gotten the start over Steven Adams in the playoff series versus Houston from the get-go. Um, he's gonna have a lot of suitors as an unrestricted free agent, and I really hope he gets to play for a contender next season. My last guy, and I, you know, I say this knowing that the Knicks are terrible and will continue to be terrible. <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, a cheap addition Ooh, to the team, very right efficient, now. good rim protector, and can play off ball. And listen, let's not forget, even though he was playing for the Knicks, he set the record for the highest single season field goal percentage at 74.2%, beating out <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain. So. That's pretty good if you could beat Will Chamberlain yeah. at anything. Good company. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I love the Gallo pick. That's a great call. He's just been so injured in his career. It sucks because when he's healthy, he's a beast. Like he's got he that really Italian is. swag too, you know? So a healthy a healthy Gallo, would you if if you had a healthy Gallo, would that be your big guy? Would oh yeah. I mean him? he's he's been a guy that Celtics fans have wanted for years. He he's been in rumors every trade deadline for the Celtics. Totally. I'd take Danilo, 100%. He's just going to get a lot of money. It's That's one of the Celtics issues that we didn't really discuss is like, there's cap concerns, right? Because you got to pay all these guys. Right. Um, so I don't know that they would have the room to get a Gallo. Uh, I'm, I'm admittedly not a cap expert, but um, yeah, Gallo is awesome. And when you brought up the Wizards there, not to, you know, take over the segment here, but it reminded me of Bradley Beal. Like, Bradley Beal should have been in the All-Star game, right? Like, Bradley <laughs> Beal is yeah. incredibly underrated. And I know the Wizards sucked ass, but, like, Bradley <laughs> Beal, I feel like an idiot for not even having him on my team because uh, I'm such a Celtics homer. But Bradley Beal is incredible. So we got to show some shine there. I don't know if any of you guys, you know, w were going to have him on your team, but... I want to like almost make an adjustment to my team. Bradley Beal can be the sixth man on my all underrated team. There you go. Perfect. It's rumored he might go to the Lakers, but hopefully that's not true. <laughs> um, so my top or oh, my underrated team starts with Fred Van Vliet. We got to put some respect on his name already. He simply outperformed every Raptor in the playoffs. He had timely shots. He played solid defense. You know, it's time we get his name out there. Fred Van Vliet is the truth. And I love his game. Um, next up is Karis LeVert. Unfortunately for him, KD and Kyrie will pretty much hog the spotlight and he will fall back to third player, third best player on the team. But man, when this guy is on, he can do everything on the court, score, shoot, rebound, plays defense. He's a hell of a player if you haven't seen him play much. So Karis LeVert is number two. We talked about this guy earlier in the podcast, Nikola Bucimane Vucevic. Massively underrated. He's rotting in Orlando. Chevy knows. He averages a double-double in his sleep. He's solid yep. defensively. He gets little recognition because of the team he plays for. But he is definitely one of the best big shooting men in the, in the game. And, you know, he has a, a, a finesse game. He was a heat killer at one point. He will always destroy us whenever they play Orlando. I don't know why. Well, it was because of Hassan Whiteside. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but uh, I, I love I love Nicola's game, man. He, he's great. <clears throat> Next is uh, PJ Tucker, the best corner three shooter in the game. I mean, this guy does not miss from the corner three. 
He does all the dirty work for the guards to get all the recognition. He plays every position. He can guard every position. He's a dog. He's played overseas. He's a veteran in the game. He knows the game. You know, he's just a very underrated player, and I love his game, P.J. Tucker. And um, last is Buddy Heald. You might think, why him? I I was a fan of his game in college. You know, I don't watch a lot of college ball, but I remember him coming out of college. He had a lot of fanfare around him. But um, I just feel like his problem in Sacramento is either bad coaching or depth issues or just inconsistencies. But uh, when the guy is on, he can shoot with the best of them. He was one of 46 players in history to shoot 40% or better from a three. So, um, you know, the guy, he can play. I just don't know if he'll ever get his time to shine on a mediocre team. And maybe he needs to be traded to, I guess, to display that, those skills. No, Buddy Heald's awesome. That's a great call. Like, he's going to be one of those guys that gets traded to, like, the Knicks, and then he's going to get traded to the Hawks, and then he's going to get traded to (laughs) the Thunder when they're crappy in a few years. And, you know, he'll be on Phoenix. Although Phoenix, you know, sneaky, the winners of the bubble, right? I mean, I can't wait for that uh, banner unveiling, their bubble banner. Uh, going eight and zero, but wait, are they um, really doing that, or are you no, just no, no, <laughs> they should. I'm a little though, gullible. Right? They totally they really should. should. Hey, now really that you're should. in Arizona, right? You should, I was gonna you say go maybe, maybe, maybe I gotta drive two hours to Maricopa <laughs> County, which is what we've been hearing about all over the oh news this my week. Good, no, but uh, I like your team, man. That's a good squad. Um, Vooch is a beast. Uh, I co-sign with much everything you just said so I'm, I'm game your team both of your teams have been better than mine i just want to state that <laughs> hey we'll give you a break for the celtics you know you got you got to show love to your look team, man again I, I, I was telling you guys this before we started recording like i'm so football focused now with my job with vegas insider and i do some stuff for DraftKings uh with their madden streams so like i'm so football heavy that when I had the chance to talk basketball, I'm just like Celtics, 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 Celtics. It's like I just am like I need to get my Celtics takes off. Um, so forgive me. Oh, I actually unload play those all your yeah. Please, we welcome you with open arms. Okay, we, we, cool. Celtics loves here because it's been a lot of Miami Heat. Although you know, I, I agree with them uh, for the no. most part. But no, don't little, start. Little don't start, don't, Cheval. No, don't go there. Don't Let's just let it go. Name your teams. Please. <laughs> all right. You know what? And I'm glad we all had kind of different teams here, but uh, I think we all had one or two players all different here. I, I will name Fred Rambley. Gabe, you covered him really well. Jalen Brown, Tommy, you named him really well. Uh, Jimmy Butler represented very well by Robbie. The other two guys I wanted to throw into the mix here, for me, was CJ McCollum. I feel like uh, oh, CJ gets a little overshadowed by the Dame time, which is fine. Um, if you guys remember the playing tournament game against the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, CJ is the one that kind of put that away. So I think it's just fun to see that duo go back and forth. Um, so for me, CJ, I feel it gets a little bit of unappreciated. And, you know, I think it's, again, it's a little bit of overshadow for Dave time. And um, he was averaging uh, coming into uh, pre-bubble. Um, he came into uh, the bubble averaging 22 points a game. Uh, he's shooting 45%. And then obviously, you know, in the bubble, you guys saw it was mostly Dame time. So I think he held his own for most of this season next to Dame. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, both of those guys are 20-point scorers for there for the Portland Trailblazers. So I feel a little unappreciated sometimes. Um, the last guy I wanted to round up my five would be Jamal Murray. Um, you know, he, I think he had an extreme nice. jump in, in the playoffs, right? When the when he came into the bubble, 
about five games in he didn't play uh, for the seeding games. And nobody knew who the hell Jamal Murray was if he even existed until the playoffs. So let's you know, kind of be honest there with the casual NBA fan. He did average 18.8 points per game on 45% shooting prior to the bubble uh, and then the injuries. I feel like the bubble had has really kind of given us a different perspective of a few guys, and it has benefited a few guys. So I feel like for him, you know, shout out to Jamal Murray, man. He's definitely a little bit underrated. We didn't really see that coming. I'll admit first here that didn't really see. I knew that Denver wouldn't go anywhere that far without him. Um, and then learning that he finally was able to play. Uh, and you go look at a guy like in their backcourt, a uh, guy like is it Will Barton? You know, he he was was kind of in there in between. So th- I think the Denver Nuggets, ha- ha- they have a sort of good young squad there, but Jamal Murray is definitely a headliner that uh, is underrated. Think- it's kind of like my, my top five there. I mean, it's kind of rounded out there. As far as I'm concerned, I've been saying that for years, that the Nuggets have been on the rise. Now, obviously in the playoffs, they didn't have Will Barton and Gary Harris has been injured for the majority of it, but I feel like if yeah. they had those other playmakers on the team, you know, the Lakers still would have won series. But I'm pretty sure it would have been a lot more competitive with the full roster. 100%. And uh, not to always bring it back to Boston here, but that was like a fun <laughs> thing that people were <laughs> complaining about during the playoffs. Like, oh, 26 NBA, 2016 NBA draft. You drafted Jalen Brown third when you could have had Jamal Murray, who went at seven. Like, oh, like, what are you doing, Danny Ainge? It's like, shut up. Just shut up. Yeah. Uh, shut up. Always great, right? Hindsight. Exactly. That people love hindsight and talk radio. Yeah, I, I like I like where it's at though. I like I like the fix. I agree with them. Good nice. job, Danny Ainge. Yeah, there we go. Good job, Danny Ainge. And I forget which one of you guys said Karis Levert. I I meant to mention this, um, yeah. but like he is the reason why the Nets are going to be really scary. Oh, for sure. like the fact oh. that he's their third best player. And I know people are talking about the Steve Nash hiring as well. Oh, what's going to go on with the Nets? Like. I, I think that coaching in the NBA, when you have guys at that caliber, like Kyrie, when he's not going crazy, or Kevin Durant, like it's, it, there's not much more they can really add, right? Like you just need to have one of these top five to seven players to win a title. And when you have two of them, you're going to be in a good position to win. So, yeah, Steve Nash is a weird hiring, but who cares right and, and Karis Levert is a baller like that guy Definitely. doesn't care what is going on he doesn't care who he's on the floor with he's going to do his thing and it'll be weird when he's not getting the, the ball as much right because Kyrie's gotta eat KD's gotta eat but yeah, you know Levert can put up numbers the guy gets buckets and also spencer dinwiddie a guy on that squad that just gets absolute buckets like the nets are fun man the nets are as much as i hate Kyrie and i'm rooting for them to lose every single game uh i'm gonna watch a lot of nets basketball once it starts up the nets are gonna be either really good or they're gonna be an absolute dumpster fire either way i'm here for it 100 percent. no in between zero in between with them starting five all right, let's go into our last segment here of the show today. We are going to discuss our starting five. The category is movies. Mr. Tommy Freeze Pop. Let's go ahead and talk about your starting five of movies. What you got for us today, man? Okay, so I, I sort of 
thought it was like a top five, so I had them ranked, but because you're giving me the option to have it as a starting five, I'm not going to rank them to avoid controversy. Oh, no! I want all <laughs> the controversy. Give us the ranking. I'm going to avoid the controversy. Here's my top five unranked movies of all time. Uh, I am a guy that loves comedies, so I'm going to hit you with Shallow Hal, a Jack Black classic. Uh, one of the main reasons why I love that movie is because of the absurdity of it. I don't think that movie can come out today. Uh, a movie about inner beauty where uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is actually like morbidly obese, but Jack Black only sees her as like Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, just some absolutely hilarious scenes. And really, the main reason why I love it is it's my mom's favorite movie, and she has seen it 7,000 times and laughs so hard every single time like it's the first time she's ever seen it. Um, also, just shout out Jack Black. I love him. Uh, we're going to go with Happy Gilmore. Uh, and we're also going to go Billy Madison, so I'll just hit you with a twofer here. When you watch one, when you watch one, you got to watch the other, right? Um, I personally like Billy Madison more than Happy Gilmore, but you know, that shifts depending on the time of year, like the masters are this weekend. I'll probably have Happy Gilmore ranked above Billy Madison when I watch golf, right? That's just going to happen when the Bruins are having a deep playoff run. I'll put Happy Gilmore above Billy Madison. Um, but I mean, just vintage Sandler. The movies are just totally absurd. I love Adam Sandler. Shout out to Sandler for Uncut Gems. Absolute awesome movie. Not in my top five, but that movie is just like an acid trip on steroids. Just what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then uh, I'll hit you with another twofer here, not because they go together, but because they have the same leading man, Anchorman and Step Brothers. Um, just every single time I watch either movie, I laugh like it's the first time I've seen it. Incredible. Uh, Will Ferrell is a god, and um, I, I mean, I could watch both of those movies every single day and be completely entertained. Um, I mean, just so quotable, both incredibly quotable. And I'm not like a big movie quote guy, but I'll That's let. Surprising! I feel like you would. No, be. I, no, I'm not really a big movie quote guy. I don't know why. I think it's because when I watch a comedy, I laugh so hard that I don't remember lines <laughs> verbatim, you know? It's one of those things, like, I'm such a, like, a loud, obnoxious fool that I get in my own way of, like, hearing all of the lines. Um, so, those are my, uh, five there. So, st uh, recap, Step Brothers, Anchorman, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Shallow Hal. Not Shallow bad. A, yeah, that's, a, that's a, an underrated movie, I feel like. So underrated. It is. Jack Black is also underrated. I'm going to put Jack Black yeah. on my underrated NBA team as well. <laughs> yeah. He's my 12th man off the bench, Jack Black. Robbie, who, who's your, what's your top five movies? All right. This is really hard to narrow it down to five. So yeah. um, I'm sure there's a few I left out that are really good that I love, but these are the five that I picked off the top of my head. Number one, my all-time favorite movie Blow. It's it's insane. Oh. I mean, the movie the movie opens up with the Rolling Stones. Can't you hear me knocking? And I mean, what else do you need, right? It's a biographical crime film about George Jung, who's like a real person. 
who made a shit ton of money with the Medellin cocaine cartel and then lost it. He went to prison. He's now out of prison and he's still alive to tell the story. Um, it stars Johnny Depp, Penelope Cruz, Ray Liotta. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. I could watch that movie a million times Al over and it's still... Huh? She was not Al Pacino and not Ray Liotta? I'm pretty sure Ray Liotta is uh, George Jung's father in the movie. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. I yeah, I, th I think it's Ray Liotta. I mean, Ray, Ray Liotta also uh, great cocaine movie with Goodfellas. So yeah. oh, that's Ray my that's, well. I guess I'll jump into that one because that's also <laughs> one of my top five. Can you yeah. tell I love mafia movies? Oh, it yeah. seems like you like Ray Liotta and cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> she does. I will not comment any further. <laughs> no, Goodfellas, another amazing yes. movie. Uh, I feel like this is the first movie I saw Joe Pesci in, who is like the quintessential Italian mob hitman in every mafia movie you will ever see. He's also in Raging Bull Casino, which is another amazing movie. More recently in The Irishman. I mean, this is a Martin Scorsese classic. I I love mafia movies. My next my next movie also a mafia movie, The Godfather Two. Oh, okay. Can forget the big smooch, the kiss of death, from Michael to Frito Corleone, and he says, "I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart." The most iconic movie quote of all time, and I feel like that movie is what really launched the careers of Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Oh, totally. better, better than the original Godfather, in my opinion. I uh, disagree, but continue. Well, well, I actually agree with her though on that one. Uh, both I, are I, fantastic. It's like oh yeah, one hundred percent. They're they're right up there. I just think the Godfather two gives you a more realistic portrayal of the mafia, which I appreciate. I think it goes a little deeper into these characters, and it does such a good. You're thinking you watch the first Godfather, you're like, how can this get any better? All these characters die. Oh, it it gets better. It gets it's, better. Uh, until it dies at part three. It's one of the few sequels that's actually awesome. Like, I'll give yeah. you that for sure. And it's a great movie. I just, and, and look, you just, I'm not shitting on what you just said uh, in any way. But my thing with Godfather 2, whenever people say it's better than Godfather 1, I always go back to, I feel like they're just saying it to be that guy, you know? Like, oh, you got to see the sequel. It's like the same guy that always says the book is better than the movie. It's like, oh, you might like Godfather, but you got to see the second one. It's even better. That's how I always feel like it is with the Godfather thing. But look, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. They're both incredible. They definitely they really said about part three because part three was awful. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. we don't we don't talk about the Godfather three. Let's just not even talk about it. Anyway, right. next uh, next movie. Uh, there's no way that I could dish out these picks and not include a Robin Williams movie. Uh, may he rest in peace. He's had a bunch of amazing movies, but the one that always sticks out to me, aside from Jack, is Awakenings. It's uh, based on a memoir of a doctor who's played by Robin Williams, and he discovers the benefits of this drug that he administers to his catatonic patients, one of them being Robert De Niro. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, dr the miracle drug doesn't last and all these guys, these people go back to their catatonic state. But uh, the movie, I mean, the acting in this movie is incredible. The plots that are underlining the main plot are really good. I just think it's a really, really good movie. Um, rest in peace to Robin Williams. He's 
man. My last movie, um, and, and I add this because I'm always intrigued by comedians who jump into more serious roles, and uh, I had to pick The Truman Show. Um, oh, great movie. Um, oh, I like that one. I, I you know, I just think Jim Carrey did such a really good job in this role. This movie is so good, and it's so funny because I feel like there's still some parallels that you can draw from that movie till today with, like, advertising and TV and how they kind of poke fun of that and reality TV show and the characters that are in those shows and how, you know, real life and scripted TV kind of blends together and how people are kind of crazy following all these famous people. It's just a fantastic movie. So yeah, those are my those are my top five. I love it that. Heart. It broke my heart when he found out everything was so fake. I was like, oh my yes. God. They, yes. Honestly, they need to remake Truman Show. <laughs> They like, do, yeah. That I, I think that that's a movie that they could do a remake now with everything that's different in the world, and it wouldn't up. be like something yeah. that people are mad that they remade, right? Yeah. More of like a when they call it like a reimagining instead of a remake. I think that that would be a good call. Would movie you have Jim Carrey play it again? Listening. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I would have yeah. Jim Carrey in the mix again because he's he still got it from that perspective. He's great in the serious roles. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Man on the Moon, but the movie he did about um, Andy Kaufman, incredibly good. Um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. I mean, oh yeah, and Twenty Three, which was like yeah, Twenty Twenty Three. Yep. So I I think Jim Carrey, even today, would be great for. Although maybe they'd want someone a little younger, but I mean, if they if they cast him again, it'd be did any of you guys catch Saturday Night Live that just passed? Oh, of course. I missed, yeah. I missed the Chappelle yeah. when I missed it. I oh, that was amazing. It was great. Oh, it was great. So the good. beginning was great, too, to see Jim Carrey pop up like that. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. The Chappelle, yeah. the Chappelle joke about Freddie Mercury was just... Yo. <laughs> I guess. I died. <laughs> Incredible. Agreed, agreed. Rest in peace, All right. Freddie Mercury. Yes. Facts. So, Gabe, what did you got for us? Well, uh, Robin already covered two of them. Robbie, sorry. Robbie already covered two of them. Goodfellas and The Godfather 2. Um, I'm a big mob movie guy myself, and I could have put every single mob movie on this list, but I wanted to switch it up a little bit and put some fun movies on here. So I went with Back to the Future. Oh, I mean, okay. every time that movie's on TV, I have to stop and finish it. I just have to. I don't care which one. Well, part three, whatever. Part well, part one and two, the first ones, I have to finish watching it. It's just a fun movie to watch. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to go back in time to change life decisions that you've made? Or, you know profit off of it the way he did with the almanac so um definitely uh back to the future uh movies yep. um what else uh, what i got here oh pulp fiction so i'm also yeah. a fan of, i'm a fan of uh um uh, Quentin I love tarantino. tarantino yeah tarantino's um, awesome i love all of his movies but this one was just hilarious it's like a mix of guys that somehow all connect in the end and it's full of violence and just comedy you have two hitmen in uh, Travolta and uh, Samuel Jackson working for Bing Rains, who's a mob boss, and his wife is, I think, Uma Thurman. Yeah. It's, a lot, it's a lot of characters in this movie. Then you have the dinner guy, the dinner bandits, with uh, I think his name is Raw. Um, and even Bruce Willis is in it. He's a boxer who was actually supposed to throw a fight, but he ends up killing the guy. So, yeah, yeah his story is just crazy throughout the movie. Uh, so, definitely Pulp Fiction. And last on my list, is one of my favorite movies of all time is Heat by Michael Mann um, where this is the hands down the best heist movie ever made and it still holds up today it was one of the first movies where both Al Pacino and Robert De Niro actually shared a scene because in Godfather 
they were in the same movie, but it was in different storylines. So they never actually shared a scene together. But even in Heat, they only had two scenes together. In the diner and in the end when he got killed. But right. um, it, it was a hell of a cast. And Michael Mann, I, I love his movies as well. But um, I feel like those two guys, if they weren't on the opposite sides of the law, they would be best friends. They have a beer together. They'll watch football. You know, and just be buddies shooting and shit. But um, definitely a great classic heist movie. Lots of violence. Skinny Val Kilmer's in it. Um, it's just a, a lot of good people. Um, uh, the guy who did The Simpsons. I'm drawing a blank. Ashley Judd. Um, just, just a lot of good, uh, good actors in it. Even the uh, Allstate guys in it. So, yeah. Yeah. Anytime the Allstate guys in it, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facts. All right, Gabe. Well, that, that, that was pretty Pretty uh, old school list, and I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was it was old school. They're all classics. Yeah, yeah, everything is old school for the game. But uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna like claim to be the biggest movie guy, but I lean more to the comedies like yourself, Tommy. Uh, but one of the movies that's not a comedy that I have to list here first is The Dark Knight. Like hands down, that's one of the movies I can rewatch over and over again. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if it's on TNT, if it's uh, on Netflix, I might get into it. I don't know. I just can't stop watching that movie. I'm a big Batman fan as well. The rest of the list rounds out. I guess it's not too much of a comedy, but Django and Chain. Like, I, I knew yeah. to put as much. Oh yeah, you know, I kind of, I'm in the mix here with you guys. So yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. These are movies I've been able to sit down in the movie theater and just enjoy and, and then be like, wow, I got to go get that on DVD or I just got to watch it in the future, right? Um, the other one is I enjoy Borat. Uh, yes. One, two, I'm yes. not going to debate. I'm not going to yes. debate. One, but. I didn't put Borat on my list because I thought it'd be too controversial. Borat rocks. Borat is the man. I, I don't think that uh, number two and one, the first one, one and number two, you can really compare. They're just, no, I love no, they're, no, they're in different think, different stratospheres. Dude, uh, number two is great. I oh, got to yeah. say that. No, the, um, but the first one is just... It's off the chain, yeah. You didn't know what to expect, right? You came out and was like, wow, what the hell did I just watch? Like, it was still incredible, though. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Tommy, have you seen Bruno? Of course. Bruno's incredible. I saw Bruno, Bruno. I saw Bruno in theaters three times. Twice. Oh, my God. I saw it twice. <laughs> All right, that's great. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street is one of my favorites. Oh, I have a neck. Oh, like, yes. Margot uh, Robbie is movies. so fine in that movie. Oh, amazing. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, and then I that with, uh, 21 Jump Street. It was my last one. Oh, uh, okay. That's a good. That's it. I like that movie. It's very entertaining. I saw that in theaters completely sober, <laughs> um, and I laughed my ass off. So if you can do that, uh, 21 Jump Street to me, well, I'm not going to debate it if it's better than the first. I'm sorry, the second one, but. 21 Jump Street. I love it. Just seeing the randomness of like Channing Tatum and like Jonah Hill. I love Jonah Hill. So that's great. Jonah Hill's my favorite. Yeah, he's one of my favorite, favorite comedian actors right now out there. But that's my five. I think I was mixing that movie up with the other guys. Whereas, um, oh, that's um, another good one too, though, with uh, Mark yes. Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another movie was funny. With Dirty Mike and the Boys. <laughs> it's a great movie. Listen, if y'all are going to watch The Dark Knight, you need to watch it in IMAX. I mean, it just blows yeah, your mind. That's the only way, yeah. or with, like, surround sound. Let me just throw one more honorable mention. I know we didn't do this, but The Departed. Uh, oh, so oh, good. Yeah. Man, so good. I, thought, I thought it would be Boston overkill to include it. I, you know, I, <laughs> no. I, I honestly, I was like, I need to go funny because if you leave it to me, I'm going to say The Departed, The Town... Goodwill Hunting, uh, you know, <laughs> like I didn't want to be that really good, guy. Though. Really good movies, though. Yeah, but yeah, Departed's incredible. <laughs>
All right, guys, that wraps up the episode today with Mr. Tommy Freeze Pops. Tommy, at the end here, we always do shout outs. Anybody out there you want to shout out to? Go for it. Sure. Uh, let's shout out to my mom. Uh, shout out to my dad. Shout out to my girlfriend, whom I love very much, who Aww. is unpacking Aww. groceries as we speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Who else should I shout out here? Shout out Paul Pierce. Um, shout out Tom Brady. I still love you. Shout out uh, Bill Belichick. Um, shout out Nomar Garcia Para. Uh, let's see. Shout out Dave Chappelle. We talked about him. Legend. Uh, let's go. Shout out David Letterman. Uh, I love the Netflix special he's got rolling right now. Uh, you know, where he's interviewing all those people. Those are fun. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, shout out Ariana Grande. Always dropping hot bangers. Um, <laughs> Tommy Freeze Buffs and Ariana Grande, man? What? Yep, we're gonna well, shout like out too. Ariana Grande. Um, hmm. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to miss anyone here. Shout out John King on CNN. Like that guy just needs That's to go. Yo, for he's the best. Yo, year. that guy is an absolute Tell him, legend. Tommy. That guy, Tell him, Tommy. He there's is, no one bro. in America better at their job than John King. Like that oh guy. Tell them. I follow him on Twitter now. Like me too. He's amazing. So good. He's amazing. Shout bro. out to my grandma. She rocks. Hey. Um, hmm. Shout out to uh, barbecue, uh, just the, the whole genre of barbecue. Um, always good to have a good rack of ribs. Tommy's uh, pulling out like a whole freaking scroll. Shout out! It's a speech. He's I love making it. I love up it. for all the shout outs that Gabe has missed. I love it. Hey, I love it. Facts. There we go. That's true. Shout out to having an iPhone so I don't have to force my friends to green text with me. Yes. Thank you, Tommy. Shout out to shout out to buying a mic to be a podcast host. Now I'm gone. That's uh, all right, I think I'm done. Well done. Awesome. well done. Well done. This is Tommy Freeze Pops from the Great Day Nation podcast on behalf of Vegas Insider and on-air contributor for DraftKings. Tommy, uh, where can we find you at one more time on social media? You can follow me at your boy TC Fresh, Y-A-B-O-I-T-C Fresh. But I'd actually prefer if you'd follow uh, my show's Twitter account here. Give it a follow at Great Day Nation. And on Instagram at Great Dan Nation VI. Let's get some pub for uh, the new podcast. Trying to build that audience still. And uh, you can find the pod on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. I got a quick what, shout, what out. shout out. Shout out. Shout out. All right, this will be quick. I don't have a whole scroll, but I want to give a <laughs> shout out to to someone one of our listeners who left us a five star review. By the way, if you guys want to leave us a five star review. You're more than welcome to do so on Apple Podcasts. So this five-star review is very peculiar. It's from a Nacho Carroll, and it reads, As a Celtics fan, I can fully admit that Jimmy Butler is now my father after the Eastern Conference Finals. That's okay. I accept that. What I refuse to accept is Rajon Rondo winning a title in Laker gold as a teammate of LeBron. So as far as I'm concerned... The Miami Heat won their fourth ring this season. Congrats to nice. Sco and the entire organization. Another one for the Raptors in Miami. Uh, and he titled uh, this, The Heat Are My Daddy. 
Thank you, Nacho Carol. You're right. We did it. I agree. We did it, game. Yeah. We're Whoever champions. said that is a really smart yeah. guy. Um, yeah. Really, really smart. Whoever so, Tommy, that. before we wrap this up real quick, are you willing to go on the record and, and say, you know, Jimmy Butler is, is your daddy? I tip my cap and say that Jimmy Butler is my daddy. Woo! He's my daddy. Congrats, sir. It I happens like to everybody. At some point, someone's your daddy. Right now, Jimmy Butler's my daddy. He's a good daddy. He gives you lots of coffee. <laughs> He's a good daddy, yeah. Feeding your no. kid coffee, that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Better than Benadryl. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. That the opposite of Benadryl. <laughs> um, I have a quick shout out. I want to shout out to the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa, my yeah. guy. You are doing some good things. Well, the defense, for one, you know, we are just doing everything right for once. So hopefully in my lifetime, I'll see a Dolphins championship because I'm tired of going back to 1972. I wasn't born. So I want to see a championship <laughs> in my lifetime. But um, I you know, think that on the right track. I, I think that Miami is going to end with a better record than a lot of people think. If you look at the next four weeks for them, they play mm -hmm. the Chargers. They play the Jets. Uh, there's two other teams I'm blanking on, but I was writing some notes earlier. Like the Dolphins could be nine and three in a few weeks here. I, I wouldn't That's be wild. all that shocking. And Tua looked fantastic on he did. Sunday. He did. He, he looked awesome. Running, yeah. He did not shrink in the moment at all. He played at Kyler's level. I mean, Kyler's incredible. But if you're, it's almost like Tua was looking in the mirror at what he can be, right? Um, and he I beat him again. Dolphins, he beat him in college too. So he beat him again. Right. That's a great point. I think that he is going to be a special player. And you know, as a Patriots fan, it pains me to say, like him and Josh Allen are in our in our division here. Yeah, he's, not he's making me too happy. They're both really, really good. Allen is worrisome. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. Good shout outs, guys. Yeah, I mean, my only shout out really is to the people of America that exercise their right to vote. I mean, yeah. we hype this so I'm going like Robbie. I'm going I'm going the Robbie direction, by the way, on this shout out because last week she had a great shout out. But yeah, I mean, I think people uh, this year, I mean, honestly, regardless of the outcome, if you agree or disagree, it's still an amazing thing to see so many people uh, take action and so much of the marketing from the NBA, NFL all the athletes celebrities um it, it kind of to me almost seems like it paid off in a sense people were more aware social media man i mean i don't know about you guys i got annoyed of all the the facebook and instagram mm. uh you know reminding and because you know i'm a registered voter so i get a million other text messages in the background yeah. so it's just like damn like i gotta go log on to social media i want to go talk shit to robbie and gabe and <laughs> Reminding to vote but anyways yeah shout out to everybody that did that and then you know as always guys you know thank you guys for listening out there uh tommy freeze bob's a great dane nation podcast please 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 follow him listen uh, i I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dive in tommy i mean heck yeah we got some really interesting guests here i definitely want to hear a lot of you know all great guests here 10 episodes uh in guys check that out and for us on this side here you can find us at baseline times instagram twitter make sure you follow me at baseline chevy on twitter and robbie gabe where can the people find you guys at at robin hood with an h and a y on twitter and the gram yeah you both platforms yeah